pleasure and an honor to be with you, and we love your pastors, yeah. and we love this church, and you all, and I see so many familiar faces. It is always a, an honor to fill this pulpit. I have a great deal of faith yeah. and believe in your pastors. They're building something called the light on the East Coast. Amen. Hallelujah. We need all the light we can get on this East Coast. For I am calling you to step up into another level in the kingdom of God. It's not what you can do, but it's what I have already done. Now grab on to my anointing and allow the spirit of the living God to now give you dreams, give you visions, and bring forth the prophetic in your life, and you shall see the great and mighty things, for there are dreams that I have put within you. There are things that I have, have planted in you that are ready to come forth, ready to produce, but I've called you now to take off the limits of your limits and step into my place where there is no limit and see the greatness of God now in your life. This is a time and this is a call. Whosoever will take that place and that position shall see the supernatural of me work in your life. Hallelujah, hallelujah, praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Ooh, good word. And you know, the Lord was putting on my heart is tonight when I minister the word, I am going Get to ready. lay hands and anoint you to, to step into the place of this word that went forth for you today. The Lord just said that to me. It's your moment. It's your moment. Well, ooh, it is your moment. God brought us here for such a time as this. And this is the moment of impartation that we will be giving to you tonight. Wow, that's why it's been Preach so it, interesting, hasn't it? I think we've been to every hotel in the whole. <laughs> pack and unpack and pack and unpack. I'm going to sit down. Unpack. You go ahead and preach. No, you're so. Hallelujah. We're a team. 56 years, my best friend, the love of my life. That's that man of God. He's such a man of God. He lives it. Hallelujah. Here's our confession book. <laughs> And make my dreams come I'm sorry, true. we're having our moment. Only you can make the darkness light. Anyway. Hallelujah. You're so neat. Just Jesus, hallelujah. Maximum life of grace. Dr. Tom, you know, he's such a studier of the word in ancient Hebrew. So this word, we just did this on, on television, this book, and it was just amazing. I never read it. But when we did it, it was like, oh, my goodness, there's so much revelation in this book. So I just really encourage you to get it. I should read your books more. This is yes. your book. This is a fantastic book. I'm yeah. Okay. Activating Faith That Changes Everything. Like this it. is a book mm. that is our testimony from the time we got saved and where God brought us today and the yeah. how-tos of it. And so this is, you want some supernatural miracles really in your life? This book will give you the how-tos to, to get there. So activating faith, that changes everything. And how's that, Mike? Good? 
Okay, good, better. <laughs> Grace makes religion obsolete. There's just one left of this book that Dr. Tom um, put together. You can see the blood of Jesus running down the book. I mean, it's inspiring. If you want this book, we can order it for you and get it to you within a couple of days. And then Dr. Tom's book, Too Much Money. Hallelujah. God's way. God's way. So I really encourage you. There's other books out there. I really encourage Everything you. Everything Jesus did was too much. Right now, France has asked us over there. Our Pastor Dorothy uh, is now translating this book into French. And it'll be done in Italian, too. But she just loved it so much. It's making impossibilities possible. Praise God. Hallelujah. So I'll turn it okay. over to the man of God. Yeah, well, thank you, Mike. Thank you so much. Bless God. 56 years with that wonderful woman, and then I chased her six years before that. <laughs> and she finally let me catch her. <laughs> Bless God. Amen. You know, women, you have always had the power. You're the ones that said yes. We had to ask. See, you've always had the power. I don't know what the problem is out there. Okay, so we won't talk about that. So if you have your Bibles, uh, I just appreciate your pastors and appreciate this church and all that God is doing through this church and ministering the miracles and things that are happening. And we stay constantly in touch. And I'm so, so, so uh, appreciative of your pastors and what they've done already thus far. And I just... You just haven't seen anything yet. It's coming. Get ready. It's coming. Bless God. There's going to be a massive revival coming, and it's liable to break out on the East Coast. And over. It always comes in the darkest place. In some cases, that's where God will just show up and watch out. And it has to happen. We're at that point in time, I think. It has to happen. And... Uh, the world has gone interesting directions, and so has religion. And uh, there's three kingdoms, you know. There's the kingdom of this world. There's the kingdom of, this, of, dar of darkness, the enemy's kingdom. But then there's the kingdom of God, and the kingdom of God is the only one with power. And when you stop and analyze that, uh, we have a new king called Jesus. And he empowered his word, and he's empowered you and I. In fact, he gave us dominion and authority after the cross and the resurrection. Just think about that. And it scares the kingdom of this world. It scares the kingdom of religion because they don't have any power. Just natural, but we have supernatural power. And that's the reason they're always trying to get rid of us. It's we got to, got to get, I mean, that's why they killed Jesus. Because he was a king with power, changing lives and changing tomorrows. And they thought, we've got to get rid of that king or we're going to lose all of our kingdom. Well, we were, that's God's plan. We got a task ahead of us. Winning the world and winning people to Christ and building the kingdom of God. Amen. And that's why church is so important. This is where you gain faith. This is where you hear truth. There is almost, I, I, I've, I've, I've tr struggled to find any truth anymore 
anywhere except in the house of God that preaches the Bible. You know that God is the essence of truth. And what he spoke is the truth and it doesn't have to be backed up by any facts because it is, because God is. The Bible says there's only two things that we must do. Two things that we must do. One is you must be born again. You've got to ask for forgiveness and receive Christ. You must. Jesus said it that way. I didn't make it up. And then there's one other place that it says that in Hebrews. And uh, it's chapter 11. It says, you must believe that he is and that he rewards. He does not destroy. He does not kill. He does not take away. He doesn't bring loss. He only rewards. You must believe that he is and that he rewards. That ought to change your day right there. Amen. Bless God. What I want to talk to you about today is out of the book of Joshua and uh, trying to get it all in again as much as I possibly can. Joshua, in the ancient Hebrew, actually, his original name in the first translation years, multiple years ago, was Yeshua. Changed to Joshua. Yeshua is he saves. In the Hebrew, it means he saves. So the book of Joshua is a picture of Christ taking you born-again Christians into the promised land. We know how they got here. They, Moses was sent, and they went through nine plagues, and nothing good happened. But then they did the tenth plague, Anybody ever heard of the 10th? Ever heard of the power of the 10th? The power of the 10th is Yod, or God's first name, or the tree of life, Christ Jesus, or if you will, it is also God's tithe sent to us, Christ Jesus, the tree of life that we might get born again through the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And every time somebody in a service gets saved, his tithe is paying God dividends. Just think about that. That's pretty awesome. So he sent Christ. Now Christ is, or God's first name is, Yod. But it also relates to the word ah. You ever heard people that are preaching... um, and then occasionally they do, uh, and then even in the Senate and the House, they'll go, um, and uh, then you realize that God added A-H to a lot of names in the Bible. He added A-H to Abram's name and made him Abraham, and then he added A-H to Sarah's name and made her Sarah. And then you got Isaiah and Jeremiah and Nehemiah. But you know, in the Hebrew, it's written backwards. They read from right to left. So therefore, uh, is the beginning of their name, or God is the beginning of their name. God, come on, somebody. 
Just think about that. Amen. And so it's Joshua or Yahshua. So every time that they do that in the Senate, uh, they just called on God and they didn't even know it. <laughs> so God's there, you know. I don't know whether he, if you call on God, he said he'd be there. So think about it. God's working. I said God's still working. Amen. <laughs> They're liable to get saved. You never know. Just keep on. Anyway. So just talking about Joshua. Joshua is a story of Christ taking us into the promised land. Now, we saw Moses bring them out. They did not deserve the salvation from Egypt. Just like you and I did not deserve salvation through the blood of Christ. It was by faith and through grace, a fully paid price that we could get saved and have eternity, not based on our works or our life, past life, but because Jesus paid the price, all we did was believe and receive. That makes us fully qualified for the promised land, 24-7. And that's what I want to show to you today, because this book gives us pure instruction. In fact, one of the places that you can read is you can see there in, actually the Joshua 1, chapter 1 through 6, everybody should read it and study it word by word. You'll get so much out of it. But he said, just, here's what I want you to do. Be of good courage. Don't fear. Have you ever thought about, if you watch TV at all today, uh, there's fear about money, there's fear about health and COVID, there's fear about I mean, they created fear everywhere around us. All we hear is they're trying to create fear in us. Now, if they can create fear in you, then it's the opposite of faith. If you're operating in fear, then nothing in faith is working because you're not believing. You've left the word of God for the world's word. We can't do that. If we want to live in the promises of God, we have to stay in faith. So you have to say no to fear. So they try to propagate fear. They do everything they can to keep us from believing God's word. They're doing everything they can to take down the crosses. They've done everything to program our children away from God. They've taken the Bibles out of the school. They've done all of these things to keep us from believing God. The church is the light. We're the last light on the face of this earth. And we need to be that light. Amen. And we get the opportunity to hear the word of God, which brings faith by coming to his house. And how important is it to come to his house? This is the place that God planned from the foundation of time that we would come into the house and we would hear the word. How will they hear unless it's preached? I'm sorry, but your couch at home is not going to work. You need to come in where we rub elbows and iron sharpens iron and we get connected and maybe you don't like the smell of the person next to you. Maybe they don't. Maybe the air conditioning is not perfect. The chairs aren't just soft enough and maybe the parking is a little bit. The house is where 
You need to be planted so you can draw on the living water that comes. It's not even the messenger, see. It's not me or Pastor Ed. It is the message that is critical because it's loaded with power in the kingdom of God, and it gives us overcoming power over all circumstances and situations. That's why the house was designed by God for us to grow in faith, but not only faith, but action. That's why we're going to talk about Joshua, because when it says, let not the book of law depart from your mouth, this is an interesting translation and how it's been translated for centuries, I believe, in the body of Christ even. And that is simply, it's led people to think that we've got to go back to the Leviticus law. Don't let it get away from you. But that's not what it's talking about. When you look up this word law in the book of law, he's talking about this book, first of all, not the Leviticus, but he's talking about Joshua. This book. Don't. Then when you look up the word law and you study it out, he, it simply means here is the book of instructions on how to take the promises of God. Wow, that makes a whole lot of sense. Amazing. So there's something for us is that we need to look at the process of taking the promises. Now, the interesting thing is, is we're led by Christ because he's taken it. I said he's taken. It's all done. All he's asking us is to believe. Follow what he says. So we're going to watch that right now. So he says to him, be of good courage. Don't be afraid. So we talked about that. Then he says, I want you to have... The priests, did you know we're all priests now? Not only are we priests, but we're kings. We're joint heirs with Christ Jesus. Glory to God. And so he said, I want you to take the, talk to the priests and tell them to pick up the Ark of the Covenant. I had saves, you know, and the, the little angels had both sides, and the Ark of the Covenant had something in it. Y'all remember what was in it. Hebrews chapter uh, 9, you can read all about it. 8 and 9, you can read all about it. But in the Ark of the Covenant was a butter rod of Aaron, the ta tablets of stone, Ten Commandments, and the manna from the wilderness. But you see, when we get born again to be kings and priests, we have received the Ark of the Covenant, Christ Jesus, in us. It's born again in the heart. In other words, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. It's no longer manna. So when we receive Christ, we got it. All right. We are now part of the budded rod of Aaron that was alive, dead, and now alive. And the Ten Commandments are no longer tablets of stone, but now they are, God said I have, Hebrews chapter 4, I have written it on your heart so that the Holy Spirit has something to lead you to so that you know how to have a civilized society. The Ten Commandments are about a civilized society. On the way from Egypt and messed up as they were, God went, oh my God, we take these people into the promised land, they're gonna screw it up. Oh, we gotta give them help. Moses, come up here, we gotta talk. And he chiseled out Ten Commandments. And he said, they're going to need these things to have a civilized Christian society 
And any time you take any of the Ten Commandments and begin to eliminate them or spin them away from the truth, your society begins to deteriorate and die. When we deteriorate stealing, killing, destroying, when we deteriorate envy, when you deteriorate another God, when you deteriorate not taking care of your parents, when you begin the breakdown of society is connected to these Ten Commandments that now are written on our hearts. So the Holy Spirit now was responsible, because we're in the Holy Spirit age, didn't you know that? It's who you're supposed to be listening to. Because he will lead you to, let me see, life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So I am as Jehovah. Truth is Jesus. And life is the Holy Spirit. He, lead, he leads you to life and life more abundant. This is how it's broke down. So the Holy Spirit's been left with us so we can have, we needed help. The helper, the comforter has been left with us to lead us to life and life more abundant. And life more abundant is connected to these principles for society, a civil society. Now, they live inside of us. You have freedom to, to choose whether you want to follow them or not. You, you can steal or whatever. You know, like might, might even get away with it. Who knows? But when you have a breakdown in the society because you allow it, society begins to deteriorate. And we're seeing that worldwide. So you've got to allow the Holy Spirit born again. We've got to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and then say yes to what is right and good and no to what is bad and evil. They were saved by grace. We're saved by grace. Amen. And grace means that it'll teach you to say no to ungodliness and worldly passion and yes to the goodness and rightness, what is right and what is good in God. It's really complicated, I know. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You leave it up to preachers, we can make it pretty complicated, but y'all okay? <laughs> Amen. So pick up the ark. Well, the ark of the covenant's inside of you and I. So he's really saying to us, if we want to go into the promised land, we got to step out and put our foot, our foot into the Jordan River at flood stage. Now, why couldn't we just wait to fall when the water's low and it's easy to get saved? It's easy to get. Why at flood stage? I, I, you can ask God when you get to heaven. I don't know exactly, but it was at flood stage. And it takes faith. If it was shallow, oh, we can do this. I got this. No, but at flood stage, it's like, you sure you heard from God, Joshua? I mean, you know, do you see what's happening here? And so when we step down into the river, it's the river Jordan. Now, Jordan in the Hebrew means the great destroyer actually the enemy. That's why Jesus was baptized in the River Jordan to give us the picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of overcoming the devil. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. 
the Jordan means the destroyer. Now we've got a country called destroyer. I don't know why we choose to be named after the destroyer, but they did, and now they're trying to destroy Israel right now. Still at it. I don't want to get political. I'll leave that alone. Okay. So, when they step down, when you and I step down by faith, the Bible says the power of Satan, the power of the destroyer, begins to pile up, and the water piled up in a heap all the way back to the city of Adam. The power of Satan was cut off all the way to the city of Adam. Does that mean anything to somebody? It means the power of sin has been cut off all the way back to the original sin of Adam. And the power of the enemy is no longer flowing. It's cut it off all the way to Sodom and Gomorrah or the salt sea where there is no life. So he has paid the price for past, present, and future sin has been broken and paid for and no longer is it Saved by works, you can't be. You can only be saved by the blood of Jesus. But remember, you were not saved by works, but you were saved to work. I just make sure I get that in. You don't eat work, you don't eat. We're still called a servant to build the kingdom of God. Amen. Okay. So there's this water. And when they stepped down, the Bible says that they were able to actually walk across on dry ground and not even dust was able to touch their feet. What is that about? Remember over in Genesis, during the curse that came, remember that Jesus overcame the curse, took the curse to the cross. Well, the curse that came against Satan was that you shall eat the dust of the ground all the days of your life. And you go, well, what does that mean? Well, what it means in the ancient Hebrew, you, you dig this out in the truth, it means that anything that man makes good for nothing, you are responsible to consume. In other words, the enemy consumes whatever we make good for nothing. Not even the dust touched their souls. Wow. Because the enemy would consume. Are you following? See, under the power of this grace and God's love and the blood of Jesus, the enemy is under our feet. Don't dig him up. Don't give him a place in your life. Keep him there. You might have to remind him occasionally. Shut up. Get down there. I have dominion and authority because Jesus gave it to me. You can't touch my body and you can't bring me no sickness and you can't bring destruction and kill, steal, and destroy my life. Keep him there. 
might be feeding us. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, what, whatever that was about, probably wasn't the spirit. But anyway, okay, so now they, they cross over on the dry ground. But I want to mention to you that it said all the way back to the city of Adam. But if you read real careful, it says, which was by the city of Zaratan. Zaratan in the old ancient Hebrew means pierced side. Where have you heard that before? Jesus hanging on the cross of Calvary. They pierced his side hanging on the cross. John chapter 19, verse 17. Pierced his side and out came blood and water. We're saved by the blood. Come on, somebody. It's the blood covenant that we're under in Christ Jesus. And the water was the picture of the washing of the water of the word. Ephesians chapter 5, I think. Yeah, wash, bride is washed by the water of the word that she might be holy and blameless in the sight of God. So this is the word of God and what it's designed to do. But we have to find out where, what's washed and where does it get washed. And let's go to the next step. And the next step was a place called Gilgal. Now Gilgal in the ancient Hebrew means hill of foreskin was not an exciting place for men. It had to do with circumcision. Just for a bit of information, it, they, God said, use flint knives. I always thought that was interesting until I did some study on that and found out flint prevents infection. I thought that was fascinating. I don't know why doctors don't use flint knives, but anyway. You can't, send a, can't sell an antiseptic without it, I guess. Okay, so, I don't. Anyway, but you know what it talks about, circumcision of the flesh, and that's Old Testament thinking, because Paul brings out in Corinthians that it's no longer circumcision of the flesh, but now it's circumcision of the heart. It's about the heart now, because all issues of life operate and flow through the human heart. Everything, faith and fear, operate through the human heart. It's, it's the heart that, has, that needs the change. Now, a lot of people think that, well, I got born again, all things have become brand new. How many found out that wasn't true? I mean, you can choose to believe that and just stick your head in the sand. That's fine. And I believe there are people, a lot of people that have done that. Oh, it's all, I'm all brand new. I don't need nothing. That's not quite how it looks because the Gilgal was a circumcision of the heart, meaning that you need to cut something. There's something must have to happen if you're going to circumcise the heart. You're going to cut away some stuff that are part of the soul. Now, it becomes very clear for us to clear this up. You're not going to do much for the body. God's given us miracles, healing power for our bodies. We can live 120 years. It's all good, but I guarantee you somewhere around 120, you're going to turn back to dust. 
I'm, you can fight it all you want. I'm on an, all, everything you can do for anti-aging. I'm 80 years old, almost 80 years old, and I, I, I do everything I can to not get old. But I look in the mirror, there's some lies there. I'm just kidding. Okay, so. <laughs> Amen. So, there must be something to do not with the flesh. And they note that the spirit is all brand new because we're now we're made in the likeness and image of God, born again. We're there, life eternal, connected to it. But we have something called the soul. And the soul, to me, this is my philosophy, my my truth, my understanding, you can do with it what you like, but I call it a processing plan. Because the more I understand about the soul, I understand that my soul actually runs my heart rate, it runs every cell, it communicates with my cells about what it needs, what it doesn't need, it communicates with breathing, if you ever stopped and held your breath long enough uh, and passed out, your subconscious just take over and make you breathe again. It, 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 is a, it, is a, it processes all the food, decides where to send the nutrition to, vitamin A, vitamin B, you need this. You need. It, pro, it, it does all of this stuff without you even thinking. It's an amazing processing plant, but it also processes faith and fear. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Or fear comes by hearing and hearing the word of the enemy. And it lives in the soul. You don't need faith in the spirit. The body is dirt. That's why you feed it good dirt. If you want the dirt to be healthy, you have to give it good dirt. Can't give it bad dirt. Eat food that comes from the dirt. Because that will give you life. Okay, won't go there. So they, there's, a, there's a change process because it says in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 20, it says that inside of this soul there is gold and silver, but also wood, clay, and hay. If you cleanse yourself of the latter, then you're ready for the use of the master. Wow. So this is the cutting away of some stuff. Your daddy was an alcoholic. You don't have to be because you've got a new daddy. Amen. But you might have to cut away the desire for it. Amen. So the word of God was designed for the washing with the water of the word to get rid of some of the things. I used this example in the first service. My, my grandmother was a spiritual lady. She built the Lutheran church in town, did a lot. There's a whole story behind that, but I won't, won't waste your time with that. But my grandfather was a character. Okay. He was the town sheriff. Um, fed Al Capone and Nettie and a bunch of people at his restaurant. They always left a $100 tip. Grandpa was thankful. Anyway, my, my dad and my uncle ran moonshine for all the loggers. And they couldn't get caught because my grandpa was the sheriff. <laughs> he was a character is all I'm trying to say. So when grandma passed away, <laughs> when grandma passed away, 
Uh, I told you too much now. So grandma <laughs> passed away and went to be with the Lord. And um, grandpa had always wanted to do this, but kind of grandma held him in check. But he loved to collect junk. And so now he had freedom to collect junk. He went to the town, jump, and he'd get everything that was broken, bring it home and fix it, and put it back together, glue it together, sand it, paint it, but he didn't. But his house got so full of junk that when grandpa or the old man died, think about it, when the old man died, he left behind a house full of junk. You got it? The old man dies. It's Christ that lives in us and no longer I who live. But you can have a house full of junk. And that's the stuff that's got to get washed out in order to be able to experience the best life possible. You're already in the blessed life, but I'm talking about the best life walking on the face of this earth. There's some things that you need to get rid of. Okay, so my mother left when I was four. And as a result, being raised by my dad and a stepmom, something happened internal in me. Now, I remember one mom left, another mom came, and I was fine. I didn't know. Everything's good. I got food and a place to sleep. Y'all okay? But by the time I got married to this amazing, lovely woman, uh, those that love you leave you. This is part of my heart. You follow me? I didn't really know that until the truth revealed it. So if the women that love you leave you, I have to have control. I mean, I had jealousy like you wouldn't believe. We went into a church once, and the pastor said, oh, just go out and give somebody a hug today. I looked at Marina. I said, if anybody tries to hug you, I'm going <laughs> to knock them out right here. <laughs> and you know what? Nobody came by us. <laughs> Pardon? I was a baby in the Lord then. That's true. But I had to get free of it. I had to get it washed out of my soul so I could live life more abundant and she could live life more. Do you see what I'm, are you getting, I'm trying, I'm being very transparent here, but I'm just trying to say if, if you get this, there are things that you have to deal with if you want to live life, the best life on this earth. That's all I'm saying. That's what, Cutting away of the flesh, no longer circumcision of the flesh, but now it's circumcision of the heart. Y'all with me? Well, let's move on. From there, there's God said, I want you to go down to Jericho, and I want you to take Jericho. And how we're going to take Jericho? Now, Jericho was a walled city. Uh, Jericho was uh, five miles, which is the number of grace, from the Dead Sea, and it was seven miles, which is the year... Number of completion, the seventh day, from the Jordan River or the enemy. Uh, not that that means much to you, but it was, it helped me understand some things. Anyway, 
He said, I want you to go down there and I want you to get all three million Jews to shut up. And I want them to walk around it every day for six days. Now the six days were the six days of the Old Testament. The seventh day is when Jesus resurrected from the dead and became the church age which we live in today. You can't have grace in the sixth day, but you can have grace in the seventh day because the price is paid. Amen, okay. So, walk around it. Now this, the walls of Jericho were three chariots deep, you could put right, three horse and chariots side by side on the thickness of the wall. Pretty big wall. And like a lot of stuff that we might confront from day to day in our everyday life, a mountain that looks like it's impossible to move. Anybody ever run into those? And he said, on the seventh day, I want you to walk around it seven times. And I don't want anybody talking. Now, how do you get that many Jews to shut up for that length of time? I don't know. Okay, so that didn't work either. So <laughs> they uh, walked seven times. They said, now, when get done with the seventh time, turn and face the wall. This is the most important part I hope you get. Jericho was the tithe of the promised land. That I can spend time on that. that but the point, the biggest point right here is what God did with the human voice. We've been given dominion and authority, but it's our voice that speaks it. And he said, I want you to shout. And frequency and sound came out of all of them. And the walls literally crumbled and fell. This is how you move mountains. This is what God instilled in you. That when you speak the power, when you speak the word of God, by his stripes, I am, I am as God. I am healed. When you start speaking to your wallet and to your bank account, he became poor that I might be made rich. When you start speaking the word of God, it has power to change everything in your life. Everything in your life. Virtually everyone went in, but God did say everything in Jericho has to go to my storehouse. His storehouse is his church. That's why we bring the tithes into the house. Isn't because the pastor needed money. Isn't all the lies the devil tells you. No, 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 it's none of those things. It's so that the gospel can flow out of Eden, can flow once again to the world and be the light that it needs to be. These walls are not supposed to be just we come in and go, oh, we had a great time, Holy Ghost. <laughs> We're supposed to take that light and power out and impact the world, impact your tomorrows, and begin to be the light that people say, what on earth have you got going on in you, baby? I need to know. <laughs> now you become an influence. Not because you're out there with a sign, you got to be saved, you're going to go. <laughs> no. By the 
power of your health and your life and your influence and your wealth and your... I'm going to be 80 years old here shortly. But I think that I'm a, a powerful influence at my age. Not blowing smoke. I'm not bragging on myself or my wife. But because we do all that we know to do to be the, an influence of the light and the goodness of God. Because we've taken the territory of wealth. We've taken the territory of health. We've taken... Because the Bible says promised land is one step at a time. Didn't cost me a dime. No, I don't have to sing a song. So like, it's an old Johnny Cash song. Nobody knows that song. No, I won't tell you, I won't tell you about it. You get it. You get it. Your tithe is really important to come into the house so that the gospel can be spread. It is really important because when you do, it opens your heart to receive the life of the word. Only givers get it. Takers do not. If you got that, if you got anything out of that, give the Lord a hand clap. I'm really over. There's so much more contained in that of six chapters than what I covered, but um, I just encourage the people to do a word study on it because everybody wants to experience the promises of God. I really believe we do. In our lifetime, not just in heaven. Like, like right now,